0: and his song with Ghostface killer sucked. It was so bad. I was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> no, bro. You had bro, you had some one of, of the, the
1: beaches was like, "Yo, why do you have these amazing beaches?"
0: It's official for the first time ever we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch from hoodies to t-shirts to hats and even slides. Go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing, no, Aaron's not
1: playing no fucking game.
0: Oh, don't threaten me with the
1: good You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man, because they are giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. What's up with it?
0: Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am really excited about my next guest, the one and only Jay Active. Man, hey. it's, it's been an absolute kind of journey for you, like in the past 12 months. It's kind of really blown up. You've had uh your first proper album come out, Bad Love, your first like studio album come out. Um, it's doing absolute gangbusters. You had the single pissed off. Uh, it's had absolutely massive reception i think i was reading like 22 million views across social media platforms uh man it's it must be pretty amazing to look back and be like wow because uh, there's no way you can plan for that
1: but it's, it's so crazy it's like literally no way but it's like you know i've been doing music my whole life and to get the attention that i'm getting right now is just like it's so fulfilling you know what i mean but uh, I definitely put in the work, though. So I kind of, like, learned, like, yo, what have I been doing? Like, the more work I've been putting in, the more I've been getting out. And I've really seen that this year.
0: It's kind of, like I, like, I get that intuitively. And it's always the mindset you have to be in to be successful. But yeah. at the same time, is it weird to see it happen? Like, there's always this, like, part of us that's like, oh, shit, what if my dreams actually happen and then it's a completely different thing that you're in you're like i've got to survive with my dreams being a reality and it just changes your whole perception of everything
1: bro it does it's 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 overwhelming you know and it's almost like yo be careful what you ask for because now you know when i when my song first went viral I had so many DMs and I was like, I can't even answer all these people in a reasonable amount of time. And it was like literally one moment I'm like, man, no one's responding to me to like <laughs> to like I can't respond to all these people. And uh that's been like mind blowing. I mean, the whole like Janet Jackson reposting a, a video with my song on it was like, yo, this is crazy. I don't, I don't know how to act. So like it's definitely it's definitely a mind blowing experience.
0: Have you had to turn off your Instagram notifications?
1: No, I haven't. No, I haven't actually. I'm not that boozy yet. Almost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta say, because there are some times where it's just like it just goes off, and it's like, okay, I need this to stop buzzing. I got shit to do. So,
1: oh, actually, I have. I actually have that right now. Actually, I'm I'm sorry. Let me take that back. I actually have them turned <laughs> off now because if not, bro, I'm gonna just keep scrolling my life away and just like responding to stuff that's just like not in the moment. I won't live in the moment ever.
0: Isn't it weird how how much of a trap it is? Yeah, like, isn't it weird how like only when you've seen the the amount of notifications you can get that you're like, actually, no, this is a huge distraction. But otherwise, we're all like happy just scrolling away
1: <laughs> right right and then you know i don't be wanting to open messages until i'm like ready to like respond because i don't like leaving people on scene so you know you just like yo let me just like open these when i'm actually gonna like engage
0: you know what I'm so saying? do you give yourself like a, a certain amount of time a day like you know half an hour an hour just to be like all right let's respond to some fans and then all right i'm done for the day next
1: I need to I need to I actually want to like implement that right now because uh that way I could just be more focused on like that time block versus just like oh let me open this up and keep scrolling it's crazy
0: yeah it's weird though that you have to now dedicate that time where it's like it used to be a distraction and now you're like oh it's work so now I have to think about it actively and be like, all right, now is my focus time where I respond to fans. Okay, done. Next thing. (laughs) It's like, it's just, I don't know. It's such a weird, must be a really different shift. Like in your own mind.
1: It is, it is a different shift. It's like, it's like night and day. And it's almost like you kind of like relate to like, you know, influences, you know, sometimes you think like, yo, this person is not responding to me or, this person is not taking me serious. And then, like, when you get, like, an overwhelming amount of attention, you kind of, like, understand why, you know? So it's just, like, perspective
0: change, you know what I mean? It makes me think, though, when you message, like, someone big, a, like an artist or, or someone, it's the luck of the draw. It's literally Maybe bit. they're just on the phone at the time they get the message, and it's not that they're ignoring you. It's just they get so many that you just have to be lucky. You got to send enough in a way that gets their attention because you just happen to be on the phone the same time they are
1: at that right moment. I've tagged so many like celebrities. Uh, just recently, I did like a post and I tagged all the I tagged all these rappers and Smoke Perp like responded like it was a rapper named Smoke Perp and he responded like, "Yo, this is really good, man. You're really talented." And I was like, "What?" I didn't even expect. For him to respond, it was so crazy. And uh, that same post, I I tagged, like, J-I-D, and J-I-D, he responded, like, he watched my stories and stuff, and I was like, wow, these people are actually, like, paying attention. I must have caught them, like, at a good time or something.
0: Isn't it weird? Was that the first time you've had, like, a big artist watch your own things? Obviously, you had Janet Jackson share it, which is also, I definitely wanted to jump back to that, but, it like... Is it weird when you get essentially A-listers in the genre that you're in giving you props for doing your thing?
1: Yeah, it's like crazy, bro. It's like so many thoughts. I'm like, "Yo, how do I how do I ask for a feature? Let me not like <laughs> say anything stupid, you know, let me not come off as like too fanboyish." It's like all these thoughts that come into my head and I'm just like, trying to play it off let me not respond too soon let me not respond too late all type of stuff bro it's crazy
0: look if it was me i would respond immediately if they are on the phone at that time i'm like fucking i'm going and the, i don't give <laughs> a shit i'm i'm going like if if jid was to message me JRD if he was to message me i'd be like respond immediately i am not letting that chance happen that because yeah. if I wait twenty minutes, he might not be on his phone, and then I don't know. And I'm gonna be waiting all day. I'm gonna be checking all the time. I'm I'm like that. I get like paranoid that they that they've seen it. They're ignoring me, but like I would respond really quick if it's someone that I really want on the show. Hundred percent. I'm responding straight away.
1: No, that's what I was actually doing. I was like, bro, right away, <laughs> uh, right away. Let's get a feature. Let's work. Let's do something, bro. And you know that whole situation. Uh, I was trying to get a song. I'm trying to do a song with him, but uh, you know, with Smoke Perk. But he he asked me like, "Yo, you know what's the budget?" Da da da. Send me the bread. And I was like, "Yo, let's link first, because you could be like a spam. Yours, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many scams online. Like, I need to like Facetime you live before I send you some money or do anything like that.
0: Well if there's ever a lesson that I learned and I am fortunate in the sense that I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of artists is get a contract signed first. You need, you you need before you give any money, because I think I forget who the artist was, but he did a track. Jeez, um, this anecdote is going to be so bad because I remember no one in the story. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, there was an artist who he did a track with another big artist. It's in one of my old episodes, but he was like, I paid the artist money first. And so we did the track, but then the label was like, you can't release it until you pay us money as well. Because you paid for the feature. You didn't actually pay for the distribution. And so you got to make sure that the distribution you're allowed to distribute it because the label ultimately is the one who owns the product which is the artist and making their music so you got to make sure it's all cleared with the right people otherwise you can lose 20 grand
1: i don't know about fu- you
0: yeah I, it would be fucked if that happened bro so see, that's
1: why these people be mad at these artists
0: but it's not the artist's fault right but that's it, it's no one's fault but it's like the artist you still want to make money Right. So, like, you want to make money. So, you're like, I'll jump on for 10 grand, five grand, whatever it is. And then, so you do the feature. But then it's your label who's also like, hold on, I still got to make my bread too from J Active. He's signed to me. So, now we need our cut. But if you're the person purchasing, if you're the person buying and you didn't do your homework, then you're going to end up screwed. So, yeah, I think smart choice, not just wiring money without even having a conversation about what it involves
1: yeah no that's that's out bro that'll be like 20 grand 10 grand what these what these artists want right now like you can't take those chances
0: why do they want so much like do you think it's worth that much like in a way i'm not saying about the situation you're in dealing with but the amount of i mean snoop dogg was saying he's worth like two hundred fifty thousand for a verse like that's one verse
1: You know, I'm a big Snoop Dogg fan, and I get, like, I understand he's, like, a veteran, but I feel like it really depends on, like, what your target market is, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, like, you got a song with an artist like Drake, you know, that's marketing money. Like, that feature alone is, like, marketing. So the way I look at it is, outside of just sonically sounding good, you got to basically, you're paying for the level of marketing that comes with that verse, like, I got a song with Lil Baby or somebody. So many people going to listen because of him. So, like, I think you got to weigh it out with that on top of, like, you know, what's your target market? If you make country music, then why would you pay 50 grand to be on a gangster rapper's, you know, song if you're trying to target country fans? You know what I mean? So I definitely would say, like, it's all like it's real customizable on, like, what's worth to what some like the artist, what they feel is valuable. But if you're going to pay a lot of money, like you're saying, make sure it comes with the contract, the distribution. Make sure at least they're going to, like, come to the video shoot or some kind of package. And, uh, you know, just make sure that their, their audience is going to, like, reciprocate, you know, the type of music you're going to put out.
0: Yeah, they help you promo. They share your, yeah. your stuff because, like, that's the worst is when that's the worst when they don't share a thing. I don't mention it. It's like it doesn't exist. And I've had it. It sucks. And I'm like, why'd you do the podcast? The whole point is so that your fans get to hear what you're talking about. You're not promoing. It makes no sense. Like, I don't, like, I guess I don't really mind, but your fans probably want to hear from you. So that's always weird to me. But yeah, it's, it's strange the, the things that go on within other artists and their management and their view and, and what they're trying to do. So they'll do features, but they won't promo any of it.
1: I seen it was like a little wave where it seemed like Lil Wayne had all these features. And like, uh, this is like right when Drake was like really, really hot, like super peak in Drake era. And like, it was funny because I was seeing it but I never heard, I'm the biggest Lil Wayne fan. I've never heard like him promoting these songs, but there were like these unknown cats who had like this random song with Lil Wayne on it. And I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. I've never heard any of this. And he, did, it seemed like he did a lot of those features, but it was just like not properly promoted.
0: Well, Method Man does the same thing. He does a lot of features, and he doesn't promote oh. any of them.
1: And you like, just got all these random songs. You know, in L.A., because I'm from L.A., a lot of people got songs with Snoop Dogg, bro. <laughs> 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 like, like so many like... Small time gangster rappers in L.A. has songs with Snoop Dogg that just like never went anywhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's because what you buy is not the verse. You buy the marketing. You're, right. you're 100% right. Because if he doesn't share it, it's not worth 250000
1: right. like what? That's what we're paying for. You were just gonna look cool like when we like yo I got this song with Snoop Dogg and they're like yo that's tight why I ain't never heard of this
0: <laughs> and then and then the other thing on the flip side is if he bodies you on it that's also real bad you gotta know your level because like <laughs> you don't want to go up against a killer. You get murdered on it, and everyone's like, yeah, the Snoop Dogg verse was good. I don't know whoever the fuck this was got absolutely right. destroyed. I'm never coming back to this shit. Like, what's the point? I've heard right. so many of those songs where it's a big artist and they get bought by the smaller artist, and it's like you got to know if you're, if someone is above you because you just get exposed. Like, your weaknesses get just get shown. It's that type of industry. That's the song. Everyone comp- compares.
1: Facts. No facts. Like, yeah, I literally would like love to pay for a feature to purposely murder the <laughs> my person featuring on me. Like, yo, I'm coming so hard. They're going to be like, you heard that new such and such song? Who's that new guy? Like, <laughs> like he killed such and such. So, like, I'm purposely trying to, like, completely murder, unless it's just not in my lane. If I get, like, Chris Brown on the song, I don't think I'm going to out him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: That, but maybe that's the the avenue you go. You get, like, someone who, like, just can do an amazing hook. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. But then again, it's like – Pay for a hook, it's like, uh, do I really want to pay for a hook when you can probably do a a decent one yourself? I mean, you've shown you can do a good one yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, when it comes to like features, I feel like, you know, you can spend because I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, yo, I really do want a feature that's like kind of like a cosine type situation. I feel like that would be my next level. But when I think about like these prices, bro, I'm like 20 grand. 30 grand for a feature, I'd rather like take that same amount of money and like put it in like my advertising on my own brand and see how far that goes to the point where like they just want to do a song with me because, you know what I mean? So I'm still at a point where I think I can better invest that money to where I can get the attention to get the features I want eventually.
0: And 20,000 is a lot of money.
1: Bro, that's like you can spend two, three grand a month For like 10 months on your music career.
0: For a lot of people, that's like what they're making. Like that's like, uh, I think, I don't know what, I don't know what the average wage is in the US, but I'm pretty sure it's around the like 50,000 mark. Like that's half their their year and you bought a verse for 20,000.
1: For like Like a a whole year working at target salary.
0: (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy that, That like when you put it like that and you look at the value of money and what it actually means, you're like, man, that is almost stupid to buy.
1: Bro, people are waking up nine a.m. getting off of work at six PM every day all year for that.
0: literally all year and then they're, they're paying rent they're buying food and you're like hey man can you just jump on this verse for like 30 seconds can you do 30 seconds of like <laughs> your verse and i'll give you twenty thousand? and it's like oh yeah no wonder everyone wants to be a rapper because fuck fuck me that sounds amazing 30 yeah. seconds of work well i know they have to write it record it. it's more than that but like you know you could probably bang it out in an hour
1: yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to the point where I'm getting charging that much because I can like write a verse in, like, like you said, 15 minutes, record it in 15 minutes, tweak it in 15 minutes, and it's like damn near an hour and I made such and such. But I get it because by the time I get to that point, it took me so much to even yeah. like request it. And I've invested yeah. so much in my own career, like this music video I paid a lot of money for. Everything. I'm independent, so, like, I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird? In a way, what you're paying for is not the product you get in return. It's the time that it took for the product to become what it is. So the time that it took Lil Wayne to become Lil Wayne, the time that it took Snoop Dogg to become Snoop Dogg, that's what you ultimately pay for is the fact that it took him 20 years to be charging 250000 Like, right. It's not like he just did it overnight. So that I do get that side of it from the artist perspective it's like hey this didn't happen like I just didn't click my fingers and this happened like this has been a long time coming so now you got to pay for it
1: Yeah and I feel like it's almost like a poker card or something like it's like a card like hey man I got that song with Snoop Dogg Yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me get this interview you know what I'm saying like
0: you know for a fact that they do that you know for a fact that it's like Song with Snoop Dogg, song with Lil Wayne, song with Method Man. And then they're like, okay, fine. I'll talk to you. Okay, right. tell, what tell would you want our blog? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 They're like, tell me about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> That's the right, first exactly. question they have. It's the only question I hear about. Did you argue with about. Snoop Dogg? <laughs> it's like, And in reality, it's like, they never spoke to Snoop Dogg. They spoke <laughs> to Snoop's management. They just got a verse. And like, I get that too. That also happens where it's like, they just give you the verse and he listened to the music. He did it. And that was it.
1: And there'd be an interview like, yeah, Snoop's cool, man. You know, he's real cool. That's unc. <laughs> <laughs> Just capping.
0: <laughs> Do you know the other weird thing is like with music, you have to spend money first before you get return. So like that's that's the other thing that I think is underrated. And when I look at, you know, your music videos, which look really good, I look at, you know, the amount of time you put into the production, even that – performance that like solo performance on YouTube that you've got with pissed off. Like that's really nice in terms of visually, but all of that has to come before you make money back. So you sink a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy, not really knowing the, the return. It's like, I hope this works. And you know, if, if everything happens the way I think it happens, it should, but you never really know.
1: Yeah, that's why all these uh, independent artists are just like depressed, bro. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, I think this is kind of come with the game and I feel like any business for the for the most part, you know, you're going to invest a lot of money, even with your show. You probably have to buy that mic and this and that and whatever platform you're using. So like it it is it is a struggle. But. Well, I think with artists, it's like a lot different from like if you started like a product. If someone likes you, they can buy it immediately, and you can get the money from it. Whether it's like a T-shirt or a hat, but like like you say, like they can really love me, and they can stream me ten times, and I got like four cents of a penny or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just shows though, as an artist, you have to make money outside of just music, especially yeah. if you're independent. Because, sure. let's be honest, once you're on a record label, it's a loan anyway. So, again, you, you're borrowing money, which is really weird. They want it back. Like, it's just so complicated. It's it's it's. As a kid, you look at what you want to do and you're like, man, I just want to make music. I want to tour the world. I want to just share my art with people, essentially. And yeah. then the older you get, the more you're like, fuck me. This is so... <laughs> different to what I ever thought it would be because I've got contracts. I've got like, literally we spoke about contracts. Like you have to have a contract and I don't know about you, man, but I'm not well versed in legal contracts. Like I did a law degree and I still am like, I don't know what the fuck I'm reading.
1: You got a law degree, bro.
0: Yeah. I I did. I never got registered as a lawyer when I was in. So I did law commerce at uni and I was like, the longer I did my law degree, the more I was like, "Mm, no thanks. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I finished it. But I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be a lawyer. So I did it, but I still am like, man, you better get a lawyer to read your fucking thing. I would never sign my own contract if it was like dealing with money and distribution. Like, There's a a funny quote that's like, do you know what they say about a lawyer who represents himself in court? What? They're fucked. (laughs) 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 Because you never should. No lawyer should ever represent themselves in court. No one should represent themselves in court. You need objective, unbiased people. So, like, you don't want to be just the only dude who reads the contract because you're going to miss stuff.
1: You know what was so crazy, too? I had an experience when my song Pissed Off first went viral. I had, like, two big contracts come across my table as well. And just, man, by the grace of God, this one guy hit me up and was like, hey, I'm a lawyer. I used to work for Universal. If you ever need a lawyer, let me know. Right. So I'm like, cool. You know, and uh, when I got these, you know, two contracts on the table, I'm excited. I'm like, "Ah, oh, we made it. I'm about to be big. <laughs> and they talking about they're going to put me on this college tour with Rick Ross and da, 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 da. And I'm just like super excited about this contract. I send over the contract to the guy, to the lawyer. I was like, hey, these are the deals coming across. He's like, he just starts pointing. He just starts talking like Spanish. He's like this word, that word, this word. And the main word that really like blew my mind was uh, perpetuity. So I'm reading this word, like, okay, you know, something, something, perpetuity, whatever, just kept reading it. And then he tells me, like, yo, perpetuity means forever, eternity. And uh, he was breaking it down to me, like, uh, he said that, like, Tupac and Biggie's contracts was, like, perpetuity. So even though that they're, like, they're, dead and gone, the label, whoever owns them, still makes money off their likeness. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Perpetuity is the best thing for a label and the worst thing for an artist.
1: Blew my mind. And I was so shocked because I'm talking to the lawyer like, why can't I sign this contract? This is a big label. (laughs) And he's just like, nah, this is not what you want.
0: Isn't it weird how like, literally it's like here's the terms of the deal in perpetuity and it changes everything like those two words after the deal and you see the you see the gold you see yeah. your life flash between your eyes you're like man Rick Ross man tours <laughs> man and then you that's the trick they never say in perpetuity first right they always say it at the end because Bruh. they already, it's a selling trick it's like i'm going to sell you already And then I'm just going to throw in the shit at the end, but it's in perpetuity. But remember that the rest is the good stuff.
1: And it's shaped around like other fascinating words. (laughs) Like they just slide perpetuity, like in between like the glamour, you know what I'm saying? Like crazy.
0: And the other crazy thing is like, you know that they're like standard form contracts. They're not specifically written for, for you. They're like, They use that same contract for any artist that they go to because they know it works. So it's like standard form. And when you go back and try to negotiate, they're like, hey, man, we don't negotiate first-time artists. This is standard form contract. We expect you to sign it. If you don't want it, bye. And that attitude also makes you be like, oh, maybe if I don't sign this, I'll never get this opportunity again. And so it forces your hand. And people sign out of fear that they'll never reach the heights that they've reached, even though you did it on your own anyway.
1: Yeah, I was literally like mad at the lawyer, like, yo, like, why shouldn't I sign this? And he was just breaking it down. And I'm just like, it's funny looking back, like, wow, he was saving my life. And it really just kind of like made me back up to the point where I'm not even excited about contracts anymore. I'm I'm more excited about building leverage in uh, my brand first. So I'm not even tripping. You know, but if you want to invest in me, you can invest and then we can figure out our own personal agreement. But uh, I was, these labels, bro, like I'm scared of them right now.
0: <laughs> well, I think there's a wave outside of labels now because, because the very reason we're talking about and because with the way the Internet is going, the way the technology is going, a, a label is like secure it makes you feel safe in a way right. that they, they like wrap their arms around you and be like, don't worry. We'll look after you, which yeah, also you. isn't. Yeah. They, they hug you and they're like, don't worry. I'll like, we got this. Like daddy's we'll, home. We'll get you on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, don't worry, your dad's here. I'll take care of this. You sit there and I'll, and relax. But then half the time they don't do what they say they're going to do, or they shelve you because it doesn't match what they thought they were buying. But just the way the industry is going i think it's the time for the independent artist anyway it's like i'm seeing more and more success come from independence because you have creative freedom to literally push the boundaries in terms of your sound in terms of what you're talking about in terms of your marketing if you want to take a risk and be like i want to brand myself like this yeah you can because there's no one there to be like oh there's no brand you're you're protecting like. Universal is protecting Universal's brand. They're right. not protecting your brand. They care about Universal. Right. So I think it's almost good to see if you can make it as an independent first because then, as you said, you've got leverage, you know how it works, you know how the marketing works, and then when you, if you go to a big label, at least you can call some shots because you're like, hey, man, I already run this shit by myself. So I'm only asking for a little bit of help. I actually don't need that much. I just need a bigger machine behind me,
1: right? Right, and you know that's that's probably. The, I think it came at a really good time too, because I feel like right when the internet and YouTube and all this thing like started to come out, it was like uh, it, everything did started to sound more the same because it was just getting pushed by this radio sound. It was like it was like the beats and the sounds on the radio all had like the same four, you know. <laughs> musical measures and stuff with the same breakdowns and it just opened up the can of just creativity
0: yeah i think people get tired of hearing that and they're like they need to play some other shit and then yeah. people like you come come along and you make a song like pissed off and everyone's like hold on that's exactly how i'm feeling right, right. like legit that's how i'm feeling how did he know and i think and that's what i noticed in your album it's like it's a lot about relationships and it's a lot about emotions. So it made me think like, I wonder if those were the things you were going through. If you had moments in your life where you were like, Oh, that's, that's direct inspiration to create this album.
1: It was actually direct. Like I literally wrote this whole album breaking up with my ex girlfriend. And uh, it was so funny to me because at the time it felt like uh, a stretch, so, like, my first style of music was, like, you know, I'm rapping about money and hustling and this and that, and I'm, like, way less singy And, uh, like, my, my, like, people I grew up with, they would, they didn't like Pissed Off. So when I showed, like, Pissed Off to my friends, like, my inner circle, they're like, ah, man, like, we want you to make some more music, like, YG. Or, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they are like, ah, this is all right but it's crazy how it blew up it blew up outside of like my circle of people who you know I grew up around so it was definitely a stretch for me
0: was it weird putting it pen to pad like as you're going through it writing about it and then obviously you're not going to put all the details of your personal life in it but then creating some sort of narrative and and obviously you take a little lib- liberty with truths and you just like to make it sound better but was it Was the process strange to be going through it and then to be writing about it?
1: Actually, it felt good. It was one of those, I have to do this. Like, if I hop in the studio right now and I rap about being like a player or something like that, it's just going to not come off right. And I feel like my music is so, like, passionate. Like, I'm the type of artist that, If I'm mad, I need to record a mad song or like if I'm like happy, now it's time to record a happy song. Or like I've I've studied in the past where I try to record like this sad song and like I'm just way too happy. And it just to me, maybe other people don't know this, but to me, I feel fake and I can hear it in my vocal like inflation and stuff like that. It's just like I'm just too like ah in the music you know i don't know like if you can like tell we're pissed off i'm just top 100 percent passion in my delivery so i gotta match the energy
0: yeah, i think so that's, it's like i didn't that, have a choice <laughs> yeah was it was it a difficult breakup because i mean the the way the album feels it feels difficult i mean you got a lot of emotions throughout the album but was the actual breakup as difficult
1: Oh yeah, man. I was in love with that girl, man. I still I still have love for that girl, you know, and uh
0: yeah, it was difficult,
1: bro. Like we was dating off and on five, six years. I'm thinking we gonna get married. We haven't like we going to Hawaii twice a year. So like I know her whole family. Her nephews are like my nephews. They call me uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, it was like, yo, I gotta put this out. And I think too. It was like liberating for me because I felt like it was like had a feel good approach. So so that was like my way of saying, like, I'm going through this breakup, but I still wanna be in an upbeat manner. Like I still want to feel good and express myself.
0: Did she react to the album at all?
1: She did. She did. She just like, you know, rolled her eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, to be honest, that's as good as a reaction you're gonna get because yeah. like, like I've like there's girls that I, I've I've spoken to and their biggest fear is that I would ever talk about my personal life on the podcast like just even girls that I go on a date with and then they find out I do this and they're like hey do you talk about like and I'm like don't worry I don't but they're all paranoid about it they're all paranoid that one day I'm gonna be like alright let's dish the dirt on all my exes and let's just talk shit <laughs> for like and I it's just that's like, I'm like, listen, if you listen to it, you'll understand that, like, me talking about my relationship life with rappers is not what people really want to listen to. or maybe they do. I don't know. But then it turns into a different show and it becomes my therapy. And I'm not really ready for that emotionally. But um, yeah. that that's a different thing. But it's it's weird. Uh, yeah, as I said, I think that's the best reaction you could get for an ex just to be like. So tell
1: me, what song do you relate to more about your. No, no, no,
0: Oh, what song do I relate to? It's weird. It's been a while since my last relationship. So like I'm the type of person I've realized in my life that I jump into relationships too quickly and I had a habit of like, all right, girlfriend break up a month later, three months later, new girlfriend, break up and then new girlfriend. Uh-huh. And it was just like, oh, I'm not healing at all. I'm just Uh, patching that shit up. And it's essentially the same relationship repeating in different manifestations. And so I was like, all right, I got to make sure I'm going to be way more purposeful. So if I decide to date a girl, I'm like dating her properly. I'm not just dating her for fun, which was what I was doing. So now I've been single for a while and I think it's better. Like it's finding the things you want in your life, in any sense of the word is way better. And to be honest, focusing on myself, focusing on the podcast, focusing on making myself the best person I can be is really liberating. But I also know that like, yeah, I'm gonna I wanna want a relationship for sure. Cause I'm way better relationships.
1: Yeah, you know it's crazy, uh you know, and what you're doing attracts more options. You know what I'm saying? So like you're not missing out here. You know, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think the the fear of missing out is actually what I think a lot of people go through. Like yeah. it's weird. There are friendship groups that I'm around and it feels like once one gets married, all the others get married because it's like the the thing to do. It's like that's the next step and they're all around the same age and they're, it's like, oh, now that they did, I have to, but I can't break up with my girl Because if I do, then I may never find someone like this again. And it's this weird. I think COVID did a lot of that. Like a lot of couples, they either broke up, which happened in my life. They either broke up or they went to the next level, which is often moving in together and getting married and that shit. It was weird. It was like the complete polar opposites.
1: You know, that's crazy that you say that too, because in my friend group, when I was uh, writing Bad Love, while, you know, I'm going through this breakup and I'm like, man, I'm adapting to like, going to sleep by myself in the bed, and (laughs) all the little things that actually get to you, they're having babies. Like my friends are having like their first time kids and like moving into homes with their girlfriend. And I'm just like, yo, like, you know what I mean? But essentially I felt that the album was to inspire myself. It's funny, like I make music, like almost from like a vain perspective. Like it's literally just me expressing myself in hopes that someone is inspired, but essentially it's like, I'm doing it literally for myself first. So I was just like expressing my own problems first. So I think with bad love, I learned it, you know, bad love more so represented the love I had for myself. I was neglecting myself in ways that where, like you say, if you get into any relationship, it's not going to work out because you already like not loving yourself correctly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's good to have that self-awareness. I mean, you seem happy. So, yeah, like, you don't seem to be troubled by the past. Like, you seem to just be accepting of it. That is what it is. I let it out. I have my peace with it. And now I'm ready to do whatever's next.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think because I was able to, like, uh, get it out, like, efficiently. You know what I mean? I think if I didn't come out with this album... And I tried to like bandaid it over with like a bunch of like, I'm a player, I'm a player songs. Then I would have just like still, it still would have been like bottled in in me. And I just would have like, yeah, I probably would have dealt with it differently.
0: Yeah. Well, let's be honest. All those songs, it's like, come on. I already heard this. (laughs) Like I heard this in all its manifestations of like, I get it. You fuck bitches. And I heard everybody (laughs) else say it. I get it. Like everyone's been saying that. So I think it you is. actually somebody else's bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. She's fucking me. Then she's going home to you. And then, like, it's like, okay, I heard this song already like a thousand times. Right. So I think it is refreshing. I think that's what made people gravitate to your music is like, ah, oh, we probably haven't heard much of this. Like, we haven't heard hip hop and true feelings around like a breakup and like what it is to be a man and a person and f- having those emotions of like jealousy like they're yeah. known as like weak emotions in a way but they're not expressed and so when they're not expressed people like I never see it but everyone feels them so there's this like really cool balance of like it's true but also everyone feels the shit that I'm going through right now
1: yeah no nah, effects Facts. And I, I really, I, I love being like to represent that. I kind of look at like my album is like masculine vulnerability. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I'm vulnerable, but like that doesn't take away from my masculine. Like I'm still who I am. It's It's okay to be, you know, a rapper or be the guy and like have a heartbreak or feel jealous or feel like you want to like, you miss your girl. So I, I definitely want to inspire people just to just be a little bit more open. And like, I think just expressing yourself in that manner without the stigma of being like a simp, uh, is healthy, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you can be masculine in tune with your emotions and not a simp at the same time, right. like, like, because I think simps, they don't have boundaries of like what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. Right. Whereas like f- to have masculine energy of like what what it means to, in my opinion personally of like what it means to be a man is like you st- have strong boundaries of what you accept and what you don't. Right. But like you also bring people in and you make them feel safe and you make them feel good and you and a lot of that is done by expressing yourself and expressing emotions in a healthy way. Right. And I think that's the underrated part is like you need to be in at peace with what you're feeling so right. that others feel at peace with what they're feeling, but if so, you feel like someone's taking advantage of you, you cut them out, and so there's the the balance of the two of like, yeah, I feel my feelings, but I ain't going to let anybody take advantage of me and that's what means that's what masculinity and being a man means to me as opposed to this insane parallel where it's like I'm either a simp or I don't have emotions, and it's like well that's kind of nuts. If it's you right. are going for either of those things, you've probably gone too far. Like there is right. a healthy balance.
1: Right. I'm either a simp or like a full grown bear. Like Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't feel emotion. I don't care if I hurt people, anything can happen to me. I don't feel it. I'm just like, like it numb in a way. It's like numbing. It's so weird.
1: You know, it's funny, you know, shout out Australia for real. Is that uh. I think, you know, and I don't know. I've never been to Australia. Maybe you guys can invite me over there. <laughs>
0: well, the invite is open invite.
1: You know, and so. um, I think the, the men in Australia really gravitated to this album. So, like, Melbourne and Sydney has been in my top five cities all year. Really? Yeah. So, like, on my Spotify, Melbourne and Sydney. If for, for a long time, Sydney, Australia was number one on my Spotify as many streams and it was like you know majority men it was like 60% men 40% women and i was just like yo the men in australia is really like gravitating to you know my energy and i think you know like you saying yourself they maybe maybe culturally men are just more comfortable being expressive and manly at the same time
0: <laughs> yeah i think there's a shift I could be wrong i will i mean man the numbers don't lie so right, right. two two signs out of that to me. One, you have to come down here and do some shows. That's clearly sign number one. You've got fans here. Um, And num- number two, I think there is that a cultural shift of like you can, or I'm going to rephrase. It's not the cultural shift. It's I think maybe men don't know how to express their feelings. And so mm. when someone does, mm. it's intriguing and it's like, This expresses how I feel more than I know how to express myself right now. Mm. And so instead of expressing myself, I'm going to listen to the music. It's going to let me feel it, and then it's done three minutes later. And it's like this (laughs) weird kind of replacement in a weird way. I think music has a really nice thing about that, where it lets you feel what you're feeling, and then it's gone. And then you're like, oh, back to my day.
1: That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. That's powerful.
0: Well, you're doing it. I just observe it. So uh, I think <laughs> you've got the power in that one. But it makes me also wonder, like, what's what's going to be your next project? Do you have an idea for your next project? Because you are, because this one was built off events in your life. Are there right. events in your life now where you're like, I kind of know where I'm going to build my next project from?
1: Yeah, I'm actually in a whole nother space right now. So a lot of these new songs. Is coming from a space that's outside of like heartbreak and relationships. So I'm like, with this new profound, like, you know, accolades that I have and more people's paying attention, I'm like really motivated to uh, just keep going. So a lot of my new songs are like motivational, almost type vibes and more fun. Cause I've had a lot of fun this year. Just, <laughs> uh, just like <laughs> soaking in all, all the numbers. So like, Next year, I'm probably going to drop, like, 20 songs. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I have, I'm, like, constipated with music right now.
0: That is like, such a good problem to have. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a big year. <laughs> yeah, it is. I
1: almost want to do something where, like, I drop a song every week. But, like, maybe, like, 10 weeks at a time. Like, drop 10 songs in, like, a 10-week span. And then like another 10 week span and then I have enough songs to like create an album, but I really want to like let the fans kind of take the single that they gravitate to the most and then like shape an album around that. Um, that way I can kind of like, you know, give them what they what they asking for. <laughs> oh,
0: how are you going to do that?
1: Um, man, like, you know, I feel vision? like. Huh?
0: Like, what's the vision? Like, how would they how would they do that?
1: So, like, you know, say I drop like ten, twenty songs, and this one song that's about, you know, motivation, uh, it's just gravitating to the people. Then I would just kind of like tap into that motivational bag and just kind of create more songs around that. But I, I love, I love conceptual albums. You know, I never wanted to just have an album that was like. Spaghetti, you know, like one song about the bitches, one song about, you know, spirituality, next song about being in the club. I always kind of wanted to have like, for that, I just drop singles. But I want my albums to like represent something to where like, you can always be like, I'm going through a breakup. Let me listen to Bad Love and just play the whole album type situation. Kind of like, you know, the new Beyonce albums or, uh, you know, it's kind of dance related. Or like if you look at like J. Cole's albums, it's kinda like got these themes. Even Kendrick kind of has a similar, similar type of theme to it. Yeah, I was album. gonna
0: say probably Kendrick's last album most mostly has a, the most solid theme that he's right. probably had. You know, our cast yeah. has really good themology throughout their projects.
1: What would you say, what would you say Kendrick's last album, like if you could like narrate that theme, what would you think that theme was?
0: It's interesting because I actually did a podcast analyzing the album and I literally oh. spent, because I was just like, oh, it's his last, his it's his last album at the studio, at the label. It's like his his final piece of the puzzle before he goes, his own independent route. And I was like, I want to, you know what? I'm going to. This is how the podcast started, actually, was me and my friends rating albums. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to rate an album again. I haven't done it in ages. I'm going to do it with the Kendrick Project. And I found it really difficult because it wasn't a sound that I liked. The first time I heard it, I was like, this shit is trash. Is and the like, oh I was just like, what the fuck is this? I literally went... I, me and my friend, we sat, we drove. We just That's all we would do. We would drive and we listened to the full album, and we would talk about it, and it was like, what is this? But then the more I listened to it, the more I started finding myself understanding it and actually liking it. I ended up giving it like four out of five for my ultimate rating. But it's the way I look at it is like it's Kendrick navigating his own personal battles. In the sense of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a father, what it means to be just related, and then also finding where he fits within society itself. He has that song that talks about, um, you know, the the lady that said the n word, and then he goes on stage and he's like, "I couldn't sleep that night," and then he talks about, you know, what it was like to say the f word a lot and then it was like well if i'd say this then how can i blame other people for saying that and him questioning his his own beliefs so i think it was an ultimately a coming to peace of who he is what he stands for and him learning along the way like it was a recovery because he's going through therapy the whole way through that's what he's like talking about to me and i think it's an interesting project because you see the person in all its elements, in the weaknesses, in his addiction to sex, in his confusion about, okay, how does that actually influence my family? Was I sleeping with these women as like some sort of retribution? Or was I doing it to make myself feel good? And ultimately, did any of those things happen? And so, like, that's what I really think it's about. And there's something there in terms of conceptual piece of work that. Really came through in the end.
1: It's vulnerable. It's really vulnerable. That was a really good uh explanation too, like to like capitalize that. But it's definitely vulnerable, and like you're saying, and you like you say, you can feel that that's him, and that's that's inspirational. And I didn't actually like the album when I first listened to it either. Like I didn't. I it was like one or two songs that I liked. the rich spirit. I was like, okay, you know, and. Uh, the song he had with Kodak, clearly, I like those two songs, but the rest I was like, I
0: hated nah, the Kodak Black song. I still am <laughs> not a fan because I reckon Kodak, he was like, no offense, man, but I don't think he did a good job on that yeah. track. Like, and it was weird. I was, I got really annoyed for everyone saying this is an amazing project, and I was like, stop saying it's amazing just because it's Kendrick. Like, right, right, don't right, tell right, me right, right. it's good when it sounds bad. And then the more I, I listen to like, it, too i was much. like, yeah.
1: He has this Kanye thing sometimes where, like, it's almost like he wants to annoy you with sounds. You know what I'm
0: talking about? Yes. Yes, I do.
1: Like, he just stretched something out too long or just like, are you trying to annoy me on purpose? But then, like, (laughs) later, but it grows on you, though. It's so weird how it grows.
0: Yeah, it it does. And what pissed me off the most, one of the most, was when he did – he had that like Kendrick like song. He had not, not the Kendrick, the Drake song. He has this like single in there that's identifiably a single that you can put on the radio, you can play in the clubs, and I was like, this sounds like Drake. So like Which
1: one, what song is that?
0: Oh I forget off the top of my head, but there is oh, I'll find it on my Spotify. Yeah. But um okay. But it drove me crazy because I was like, Oh cool. So you're just trying to be Drake and not do a good version. Um, all right. You would think that I listened to it so much that I would know. Right, um, right. I think We Cry Together with Taylor oh. Page. Yeah. But mm. I thought the back half of the album was stronger than the f- the front half. Like I mm. thought his ending was really strong. I thought there were things in the front half that was kind of like – and his song with Ghostface Killer sucked. It was so bad. I was like, what the hell is this <laughs> bro, shit? You, had, bro, you had one of the
1: features was like, yo, why do you have these amazing features? Like,
0: like, I was like, You fucked this feature up so bad. You could have had this killer of a track. He is like one of the greats. He can spit absolute bars and you are doing God knows what on it. Like you're singing <laughs> and shit, and then you got Ghostface come in at the end. And I was like, What the hell happened? Bro. Who, who <laughs> let that go? Because I was like True. yeah the so I definitely Planet have those problems, like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have those I have mixed emotions when it comes to some of the songs, and then other songs I'm like, I think he got a lot of flack for the song where he talks about I think it's not Father time it's the one where he talks about um uh trans people, he got a lot of flack for that. Mm. I think that was I think that was misunderstood because I think that was actually ultimately about time because mm. he's talking about his perspective over time yeah. rather than what's right and wrong and so I think that was a little misunderstood about what he was going for but I I actually think it was a really good project that was yeah. my ultimate takeaway
1: yeah and you know overall like being in the area like you know I went I went to church in Compton growing up and stuff like that so like he he does a really good job making you feel like You're like a black kid in in Compton. (laughs) Like he just gives that feeling. He kind of like, you know, how Nipsey Hustle when you listen to his music, he makes you feel like you're in L.A. So, uh, you know, Kendrick, I don't know, like he's a little weary, but I definitely like I'm a big fan of Kendrick. Shout out, Kendrick.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say like how did – because I'm a huge fan of Good Kid, Mad City. I think personally that's my favorite album of his. I think there is this – the, the sound Dr. Dre in there and just like there's this like really amazing sound and just the songs on there they all kind of just really work to me but obviously I don't I've never been to LA so I don't yeah. even I've never even seen like I've never walked a street in LA to be like I can kind of feel what it's feeling but when you listen to songs like that, when you listen to Nipsey Hustle, when you listen to those people who are talking about the places you've been, yeah, what's the feeling like?
1: It just it's, it marries it, bro. It's like a it's like a soundtrack, you know. Like, you know, it's like a soundtrack. It's like listening to like reggae music in Jamaica, you know what I'm saying, or like Hawaii or something. It's just like, you know, I'm pretty sure like in Australia there's like this sound that just it feels like the soundtrack of what's going on that just matches the vibe. So, like, uh, that's that's kind of how I relate it. Like, when I listen to it, if I was to listen to it out of state somewhere, I, I feel like I'm immediately back at home, you know.
0: But I see. I don't think in Australia we've had that to that level yet.
1: Not in mm. hip-hop anyway. Right, right, like,
0: right. Like, we don't – it's been a long time for hip-hop culture to catch up and finally, it's here because because when I was at school, and it's not even that long ago, yeah. and I was like one of three kids listening to hip hop, and everyone was Word. like, turn that, "Turn that shit off!" Like literally, we would go and be like, "All right, everyone, we're going to take turns putting on the next track, except for Burko, you can shut the fuck up because you can put on that <laughs> hip hop shit." And I was like, "Man, why am I here? I might as well just put my own headphones and walk away." What What was they listening to? Man, they were just... I'd stop paying attention, to be honest. But, you know, just, like, alternative kind of indie shit. Uh, I literally zoned out. I was yeah. like... Because it all mashed into the same music to me. Mm. It Like, because they were so... And part of it, I'm a stubborn person. Like, I'm hard-headed. <laughs> so when you reject it so aggressively, my natural <laughs> reaction is to dive deeper in, and that's ultimately what I did. Like, I love it. Clearly, I'm talking... I'm doing a hip-hop podcast. Right. But, like, yeah, it was weird. And now I'm seeing people and, like, even the fashion, like the white and white Air Force Ones are yeah. in fashion now. When I was growing up, they were never in fashion. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're, like, my favorite sneaker of all time. You know, P. Diddy he wore those shoes. He loves those. He never wore... Uh, a pair twice, and everyone's like, What the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> You guys don't even understand anything about the shoe. It's so upsetting, but I'm just glad it's out there at the moment. That's
1: tight. I would have, like, I would have imagined that, you know, Australia is like big on it, basically, because it was like my top cities. And I was like, Yo, this is crazy.
0: Now it is. Now, now it the is. youth is listening oh. to it, but they, because my youngest brother, he's five years younger than me. And it was like, So he's, He's on the modern sound. That's where he first, and that that's what's popular. That's what people are listening to. And so it was like, part of me was like, you got to go back. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just listen to the modern and not understand the history. You got to know like, where this
1: was birthed.
0: Yeah, and you got to listen to people like Biggie. You got to listen to people yeah. like Tupac. You got to know the history of it because people like Jay Active can't do what they're doing right now with the freedom they're doing it without understanding. Well there is a whole history behind it and i probably haven't even gone into the 80s where i probably should listen like the 90s is like where i'm like hell yeah that's my shit um and i was born in 94 so it's not like i even grew up with it um but it is weird seeing hip hop culture in australia when i grew up not seeing hip hop culture here and mm. now i'm just like hell yeah it's the best that's right like yeah no the more you more
1: you you get to know like the references too. I have so many like Tupac and Biggie references in on my album that if you don't know, it just these lines won't even like hold weight for you. You know? Like but I said do, in one of my songs, I said, I'm picture perfect. I paint a perfect picture. Need a woman who ain't leaving like my mother and my sister.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but that's a,
1: you know, huh?
0: I love that stuff. I love when people put those like little references, like paying homage.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, like you say, studying that stuff, is like you probably will enjoy, you know, modern hip hop a little better or all these songs that they just kind of remake, Man, you think it's like the first original and you're like, nah, like this came from here. How do
0: you feel about the remakes?
1: Um, To me, if the remake is like, it's two, it's two. It's, I got two different, you know, ways to think about it. One way is like, wow, they really flipped this. We needed this. And like, you know, this is amazing. And other ones is like, yo, bro, you just did like a cheat code. And it's kind of weak compared to the original version. So like, if you're making, if you're remaking something that's like, clearly you're doing better, then more praise to you. You know, you paid homage. Amazing. But if you're just like, I'm gonna just literally make a cheesier, new, modern version of this, it's trash, bro. And I, I, don't, I can't see myself really doing that unless I feel like I'm outdoing the original artist. You gotta improve the song. You can't just, like, copy them and just, like, you know?
0: I cannot agree more. And the other thing is, it's gotta be enough of a change for me to be like, hold on, is that Like, it's a little bit of a challenge to recognize the sample. Like, hey, this sounds familiar. Where is that from? As opposed to, oh, no, this is that song just remixed, essentially.
1: Right. And, like, I definitely love noticing, like, that's blah, blah, blah from the 90s. Like, that's crazy.
0: And actually seeing the skill of the producer and the beat maker to be like, how did you sample it and how did you chop it up? Because you need to do a like, if you just use the same beat, I'm not impressed. Because I could have done that shit.
1: They the snare. They just like put a modern snare, a modern bass, and it's the same fucking beat.
0: And let's be honest, I could do that shit.
1: No, you could. <laughs> Literally.
0: And it's embarrassing if I who does who don't do any of that could do it. Because it's like it's just not interesting. So I'm glad it makes me real happy to know that you're you're not going to do stuff like that. So uh you, I think you get a, probably a lot of props from the hip hop community to be like, finally, someone who's like, fucking, that, this shit is corny unless you do it properly.
1: I sincerely, like, sincerely want to be a sound pioneer. Like, I want people to be like, yo, he sounds like Jay Active. Like, you know, when you talk about Snoop Dogg or like E-40, like when you try to rap like them or even like Future, a lot of people try to sound like Future, we kind of just categorize them as like, oh, you sound like Future. I want to be the artist to where like, yo, you sound like Jay active And I want to be the artist to where my song, I want to make the type of songs that keeps getting remade. (laughs) So, like, I'm far away from remaking songs because I want to be the foundation of songs that's being remade.
0: I think that's a good goal, man. And, I mean, other artists, Lil Wayne, Kendrick, as we spoke about, he's great at that. He's got a very, like, he's got his own sound. Uh, But I think Lil Wayne, in a weird way, Lil Wayne is the most influential rapper of all time.
1: He's definitely, he's like 10 styles, and everyone took a baby style and just ran with it, you know? And he's literally, like, my favorite rapper of all time. Like, no cap. Energy, is, singing, everything.
0: And he's influenced so many. Like, he is, when I think about who influenced the modern wave, yeah. that's Lil Wayne.
1: Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is, you know, he's future wouldn't be doing what he's doing if it wasn't for Lil Wayne. Like, Young Thug's whole sound was birthed from Lil Wayne. Like, I think Lil Wayne stepped up the level of bars in hip hop. I think when uh, when Lil Wayne was like really buzzing, everyone was like on some 50 Cent shit, like just real safe <laughs> By me in the club, bottles full of buck. And then like Lil Wayne came in with the crazy metaphors and similes.
0: So funny you mentioned 50 Cent because I agree. And 50 Cent was my first hip hop love. It like walked yeah. me through the door. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. 50 does not push the boundaries on complex rhyme schemes. He makes Bro, great songs.
1: He makes great songs, great bridges, great hooks. He's like great sonically, but like he's not like, hippity hoop, like he's not about to have you like, He meant, oh, he's not about to, you're not scratching your head on 50. You have a good time in the club, though.
0: Yeah, but he's a hook specialist and bridge specialist. Like, he just knows how to put together a sound. Like, that's, he's, he's underrated. People need to talk about this more, is like, his ability to literally create a catchy fucking song. It's catchy as shit. You know the lyrics on the hook. You can't help but sing it on the hook. And that's why it goes big. It's not because it's the most. Co- and to be fair, he also it was also gangster as shit. Like he had these catchy hooks, but he also had this grimy feeling, and it, that's what did it. But yeah, Lil Wayne just changed the narrative, and Lil Wayne's voice was so different.
1: Yeah, yeah, big Lil Wayne fan, bro. Even when I listen to Kendrick, how Kendrick like spas I feel like that's Lil Wayne influence. Like that whole like just rapping till you're out of breath. I feel like that's, that's a Lil Wayne influence. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of big on that too. Like I always like to rap like I'm dying. And <laughs> like, like I'm just dying to get this last word out when it comes to like rapping.
0: I like that. It's entertaining to say, oh, he, will he make it? Will he not make it? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you about beatboxing because originally you, you were doing beatboxing. And I was yeah. like, geez, I will be kicking myself if I don't ask uh, yeah. about beatboxing. But I, cause I used to try beatbox when I was a kid, uh, yeah. try, and my family hated me for it. Like, I'm talking <laughs> about, they would hear me like beatboxing in the shower and they'd be like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, stop <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> nah, yeah, beatboxing, but that literally just came natural. Like, I was a kid, like, playing with my mouth, like, And uh, (laughs) I was uh, beatboxing, man. I used to beatbox for my brothers, and uh, I grew up in like super hip hop culture, man. Like when I was a kid, I used to go to this uh, place that's in uh, out here in California. It's called the Boys and Girls Club. Where pretty much like all the kids and the the urban kids, you know, basically went to after school or whatever. And uh, I would be the beatbox and the rapper for the rappers. So people would battle and I was just the guy like, and like, I would beatbox for like hours while they're rapping to the point where that's what made my skill better because I was like the official beatboxer for these rap battles. And this is before I was even rapping. And I would just try to imitate. I was a big, I said, I was a, a pretty big Timberland fan too. So like Timberland, when he would beatbox, I was like influenced by that.
0: Well, even in the three seconds that you beatboxed, I was like, that is so much better than anything that I could come up with. And I was just like, okay. So, because I've read people were beatboxing, but like just in that little clip, I was like, oh no, you're just not, you didn't just beatbox. Like you properly beatboxed. Cause like the amount of sounds in that, I was like, oh, there's the the drums, hi hat, everything is in there. So, would you ever do an album? with beatbox sounds, like your own beatboxing?
1: That'd be cool. I I started off making beats before I was even rapping. My first name was like J Beats. (laughs) And they used to be like, yo, J Beats. It's funny, like old cats, they'd be like, yo, J Beats. And I was just like, so I would love to. If I'm making my own beats, I'm definitely incorporating my sound. And when you kind of like pay attention to my ad-libs, I kind of create like some aesthetic uh aesthetic almost beatbox kind of flavor into like my ad libs, how I place them in my song.
0: I think it helps you understand music a little bit better. Cause because you're making it you with your like and understanding all the elements that make it work. Have you found that it helps you find pockets that you can stick in to rap and like you can just decipher a beat a little bit more?
1: Absolutely. Like I feel like my ear is like you know how people say they got like perfect pitch right i feel like i got like perfect pocket you know what i'm saying like i know when something's off and i know like the milliseconds it's off and i know when someone's trying to be off on purpose for like art artistic reasons it's so weird you know what i mean so like i think beatboxing Really helped me do that. Cause you know, you only got one mouth and you're trying to create like 20 different sounds. And it's a subconscious thing. I'm not thinking about it in front of my brain, but like subconsciously, I'm just fitting all these pockets, beatboxing, like you saying, the hi hats and all this stuff. So it's like, I definitely realized how much it helped me as an artist kind of just like fit in the pockets. Or when I rap, I, I definitely like to like, I don't ever like to stay in the same pocket. I always like to kind of like switch it up naturally. I get bored quickly with my own flow and I just want to switch it up. And I think it's almost like I'm beatboxing, but I'm rapping, you know?
0: (laughs) That's a cool way of putting it. Do you have a, do you, do you have a, a pet peeve of when you hear it? Like I imagine hearing people be out of pocket on purpose and you identifying that they're doing it on purpose annoying
1: you know i don't be annoyed if i know they're doing it on purpose you know what i mean but it's when they think they're in pocket is that's annoying you know what i mean like yo you're like i like i feel the groove you know like you know when you're in something that's kind of like swingy you feel it and then it's almost like you gotta hop in it's like double dutch like once you hop in you feel it and you get it but if you're not hopped in, it sounds off. You know what I mean? But once you identify, like, okay, we're here with it. You know, it's it's cool. You just gotta like hop in. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I gotta say that annoys me too. Where I'm like, this beat is fire. What you're saying is good, but you're off. It doesn't match. And now I'm annoyed because And you I kinda can't don't put- even
1: know. Like you think you're on.
0: <laughs> it's actually upsetting when they think they're on. Yeah. And it's like This is your job. And how did no one tell you you're not here? Like, how did no one be like, hey, man, low-key, like, you need to fix this shit up. No one said it. You put out this song. It's got all the cool stuff. It's got the elements of a great song, but it just didn't hit execution. Or maybe you tried to bite off a beat that doesn't work for you. And now I'm disappointed.
1: Who would you say is a rapper that, like, constantly is like, yo, you're, like, out of pocket. Like, what would you think?
0: Because uh, here's the thing: I don't listen to those rappers. As soon as I hear <laughs> one, I'm like, "You're out, you're out." You're I don't out. have time. I don't have time for you. Uh, I, I it's been a long time since I I heard one of those because I just I just don't have any patience for it. I'm like, it was well, just like the reason I love rappers and hip hop is because your ability to find a pocket that no one else could find is part of what makes this song so amazing. And as soon as I've identified that you can't do that, it's like, well, now I'm not impressed by you. And I want to hear something different. I want to hear everybody else. I want to hear your version of, of something. And I get trying to push the boundaries and trying to stretch yourself. and You should be doing that stuff, but you should also be like, I'm only going to release it if I'm doing it correctly. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be in tune. So I really avoid that music. I think you hear it a lot in like those Spotify playlists because you can just pay for your songs to get on there. And it's like right. the same type of songs, but I wouldn't even be able to choose it off the top of my head because I'm like, skip, next. next. Like, let's move on.
1: Yeah, your your delivery is like a snare drum, bro. Like you got to fit in the
0: beat. Your voice is an instrument. That's what it is. Like your voice is literally an instrument. And if it doesn't work, it shouldn't be there. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to hear this beat, please.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Beats be carrying some artists.
0: I think their ears. I think French Montana has an amazing ear for for Mm -hmm. beats. Like when I listen to his beat selection, I'm like, you know exactly what suits your sound like it is amazing that's why he's so good he's not even an amazing rapper but his beat selection is unreal and he knows how to get the most out of all those beats
1: and he got that weird he got that little like weird singy thing that he does where he's like Hah! and like it just fits well like you say he knows what complements him really well
0: and i gotta say so do you man uh, I'm wary. I feel like we could talk for like three hours and I'm always wary of, of taking up a lot of time. But I appreciate you coming through. Jay Active, I only have one more question for you. It's probably going to be the hardest question that I've asked. It's the only question I plan on the show. Okay. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, cannot be your own music, can be any genre of music, What would it be?
1: One album?
0: Yeah, and it's not the best album of all time. It's just to appreciate. Underrated, something that you think everyone should listen to, just to appreciate. That's a really
1: good question. That's a great question. Um,
0: It's the only question I planned, and so it better be good if I plan it.
1: Just one album?
0: (laughs) You can take me through your process, but I want you to, to land on one.
1: Okay, cool. So, man, you know, I really do like Nipsey Hussle's uh, last album. That's a a pretty good roller coaster of like thoughts. Um, I really do like, you know, the classic Michael Jackson's albums like the Thriller or the Bad. And uh, I need to be a little bit more album based. I'm like all over with the singles. But I would have <laughs> to say, because I know this album, I would say uh, the Nipsey Hustle uh, Marathon. What is it? The Last Marathon? I
0: don't even remember off the top of my head. I think it's around that. Let me. Uh... It's funny that I've more than I expected. People are mentioning Michael Jackson, like way more than I ever expected. When I first started asking this question, I was like, I'm genuinely surprised by how many people are asking, that saying Michael Jackson is like one of those albums you have to listen to.
1: Yeah. No, Michael Jackson is very great with his albums, I would say. I
0: think it was, was it? Victory Victory Lap? Lap? Victory Lap.
1: Vic, I would have to say Victory Lap off the top of my head right now. I would have to say Victory Lap, and it sounds cliche because I'm from here. (laughs) But I think it was just a well put together album, you know. Overall, just it has all the aspects of an album, and I think if you kind of dive in, you can appreciate his perspective. And I'm all about just uh, artists showing their perspective very well.
0: Well, I think it was a great album, and it does epitomize the place where you are from. So. It makes sense to me, and yeah, man, as I said, absolute pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you giving me the time. It's been absolutely awesome. Everybody, make sure you check out Bad Love uh hey. it's doing huge numbers. Uh, man, I'm really keen to see what you're going to do uh in 2023. Uh I'm sure it's just going to build off what you've already done and everyone check him out on Spotify, YouTube. The music videos are great as we said. Uh he spent some time on those, so definitely worth checking out uh IG all of it. And uh yeah, man, is there anything else you wanted to plug, anything you wanted to shout out?
1: Oh, man, uh Everybody go watch my new pissed off music video featuring starring you. Uh, you'll wonder in the video and, you know, check it out. Show me some love.
0: <laughs> I think they're definitely going to. It's really good. They do a dance off. So you got to <laughs> you gotta check it out. It's, it's definitely worth it. But yeah, man, as I said, absolute pleasure.
1: Damn, thank you for having me, bro.
0: Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now